It's a beautiful winter morning on the beach at Low Newton by the sea on the north Northumberland coast. There's a shaft of wintry sunlight which is turning the beach silver where the water's been on it. And out to the left I can see flocks of birds skimming over the surface of the sea. Just a couple of people walking their dogs in the distance. And behind us the ship inn where you can get a great crab sandwich. And over in the far distance through the mist you can see Dunstanborough Castle looming up from a spit of land. And it's bleak, but it's beautiful. And we come here to meet the unthanks and nothing could prepare you better for the bleak, haunting sound of their music than the bleak, haunting landscape that we're looking at now. When I first heard the Unthanks, they were actually called Rachel Unthank and The Winter Set, and they made an album called The Bands, which just struck me as being completely original. It was of the folk tradition, but not of the folk tradition. It seemed to be traditional music with a contemporary resonance. And instead of the usual guitar, at the heart of the sound was the piano. And nowadays, Rachel and Becky Unthank, the two sisters at the heart of the band, work with Adrian McNally, who is their pianist and arranger, who produces these wonderful soundscapes, which might include piano, a trumpet, a violin, uh, might include a, a whole orchestra. I saw them at the Folk Prom in the Albert Hall recently with the BBC Concert Orchestra. And sometimes they're setting traditional music, sometimes they're setting the poems of Emily Bronte, but sometimes they're, they're dealing with contemporary musicians like the work of Robert Wyatt or Anthony and the Johnsons. So they have this extraordinary range, but always with this haunting, ethereal sound. And they still maintain their roots here in Northumberland, and they maintain their roots in the folk music scene by every winter bringing together groups of their fans for singing weekends, where everyone stays in a bunkhouse together, and the family gets involved, Rachel, Becky, Adrian are there, and then Becky and Rachel's mum and dad come, and Adrian does the cooking, and they involve their fans in the joy of communal music-making. And we're very privileged, because not only are we going to go for a walk with Rachel in the landscape that's inspired her music, but also we're going to get to eavesdrop on one of those singing weekends. And maybe if I can get a moment with him, we'll also have a chat with Adrian. Every day is life's in danger 
Still adventures been great. Watch the rocks that fall in daily. Careless miners always fail. So keep your hand upon your wages and your Rachel, it's lovely to see you. Thanks Hello. for coming. It's an amazing day, isn't it? The sun is out, shining in your eyes. It you is. haven't just shaved your it's eyes. It's glorious. It's a glorious Not day. Not bad for the winter. Well, we actually, we often have days like this in the northeast coast that are like really cold and crisp and clear, but like with amazing light quality. And so, yeah, it's crystal clear today, isn't it? You can see for miles. And um, the why did you want amazing. us to come here? Well, Newton by the Sea is my favourite place in the whole wide world. Um, it's just perfect. So we, we stood next to a little square of whitewashed cottages and in the corner is a fabulous ship, a uh, fabulous ship, a fabulous pub called The Ship Inn. The beer's brilliant, the food's great. It's just Crab a sandwiches Crab sandwiches are to die for, they I have are. to say. I've had them. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> they are they're amazing. But actually, when I walk down the hill to here, this is my favourite view because the fourth side of the square is this, this beautiful silvery beach and it's a lovely bay and in the distance you can see the ruins of Dunstanborough Castle and that is my favourite view, I just love it, always uh, makes my heart sing a bit to see it. To well, shall we walk, walk down the beach then towards Dunstanborough Castle Yeah. and we'll see that view, we'll see it silhouetted in the sunlight I think. I am and one of the favourite things I love is that the, the beach changes and the quality of the sand changes and it's really kind of white here and silvery and then you go around the corner and it becomes really like golden and orange and it just the quality of the of the the sand changes and it's lovely (laughs) 
And there's a lot of bird life here as well. There's a sort of lagoon behind the dunes we were just walking past. And you, yeah, you can you can see the geese and all sorts of yeah. birds coming in there. And there's always oyster catches and sandlings and um, things and the you know pattering around the the shoreline and it's lovely. We've always we came up here as kids, you know, and it's always been like a place that I would head to if it was a birthday or we've got any time. And in the summer, I bring my kids up and it's just. A really beautiful place and it's always like it's quite busy near the pub but quite it doesn't take much to you know um to before the beach is kind of empty and there. you've got plenty of space here haven't you yeah. big sky yeah so actually the tide's quite high up but usually the beach is quite huge as well oh, you must be really tired today because you've been doing one of these singing weekends <laughs> yeah which st what starts on a friday does it it does we go up on a thursday and start prepping the food and me and becky are in charge of crumbles and cakes and then yeah everybody arrives on the friday about 50 people and we sing harmony songs with them and teach them song different songs and a bit of harmony and then we also teach them a lot of chorus songs so that we've got like a common repertoire because the next day we go for a walk on the beach and sing on the beach. Wonderful. And this this time we were singing a selkie song, so we were singing. We were hoping some selkies might come. These out are the, the like mermaids, aren't they selkies? Well, they're like seals in the in the sea, but when they take their seal skins off, they turn into human form. And there's lots of traditional songs, and so we did that. And then we go and sing in the pub. And yes, have a, that's another ship in, isn't it? In sea houses. It is. We always go to the, one of the ship inns. Right. <laughs> and it's an amazing place because it's full of uh, seafaring nautical memorabilia. And it's a really... And fishermen. There was real-life fishermen there There was some there fishermen well. there. <laughs> and, 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 and it's kind of L-shaped room with a fire at one end. And yeah. everyone crams in. They do. We just have to... They always say, oh, there's no room. And I'm like, just keep going, keep going. Push <laughs> in, get in. There'll be room, there'll be room. But it's also they have a really hot fire, so you can get a bit hot. But we have a good singing session there, and so we've got a shared repertoire already. We can all sing together, but actually, quite often, one of them will, a few of them will sing, and that's really nice. So when you're in the pub with everybody gathered around, 50 people crammed in, all holding a pint and a hot dog, <laughs> what makes that different from the experience of being on stage with the Unthanks? It's a great privilege to sing like with the Unthanks and to and to be a, to sing and be a storyteller and to have that space to express yourself. But it, yeah, it's very different from singing in a, with a group of people and being a small part of a big whole and and I feel like that's very like nourishing and it's really good for your soul and it's very uplifting in a very different way you feel like a whole and you feel like a community 
some of the songs to sing in the pub, I wouldn't sing them on stage, you know. I wouldn't feel I could carry off singing Union Miners on my own, but I certainly enjoy the experience of being almost an, an invisible part of that big hole and, that, and it's so uplifting and, like, it's exhilarating. I, I love it. Walk And your mum and dad are there as well, aren't they? Everybody is there, yeah. My mum and dad, my mum and my mum's partner, Jim McGeehan, who's a great singer, my dad sings with him in a group called The Keelers. And um, so they're there and they help out. And, yeah. and do you take your own children to it? They do. They're, my kids were there and their job is collecting the money on the bus and selling the CDs. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if you want to expose them to the kind of thing that you grew up with. I mean, is it... Are these oh, singing definitely. weekends, in a way, a way of recapturing the kind of singing that was going on in your house when you were a little girl? It is. When, well, when we thought about putting them together, we had been... It was before I had kids, and we toured relentlessly, and so we missed those times when we knew our friends and family would be in the pub singing together, and, or, you know, we didn't... We miss out on family occasions, or coming up here and walking on the beach, and, and we would all... Me and Becky had also been talking a lot about how we love to sing on stage and that's amazing and we feel very privileged to be able to do that but like singing as a small part of a big hall is a very different experience and you get something very different and how it's it's um what a nourishing experience it is and you can feel your soul lifting yeah, can't you totally, i was just singing along yeah. a bit myself yesterday afternoon <laughs> and you can definitely feel something happen to your spirit as yeah. you join in with a, uh -huh. a communal thing like definitely. that definitely and i think like and was that what you used to do was your dad practicing songs at home oh, when you were little. Oh, my dad never stopped singing, so, yeah, he's always singing. <laughs> um, but, and then, yeah, we went to lots of folk festivals and, you know, this him and Jim sing together in a, in a group of two of the men that sing unaccompanied and, like, her dad was helped revive an old mummers play long sword dance in... Because he's um, a sword dancer as well, your dad, well. isn't he? Yes, he's a rapper dancer. So that was all man. going on in the house when you were a kid or you were yeah. at least going out to... And then the well, clog yeah. dancing... Was that something you learned from very young? Yeah, from like five. Because on your albums <laughs> it says that, you know, it lists your names and then it says vocals and things like that and then it says feet, yes, doesn't it? Because you, it when you're performing, you do the clog dancing. <laughs> yeah, we've always clog danced and it just felt natural that as well as sing a song we might do a bit of a clog dance, you know, and it kind of has become part of our band sound, you know, that we always, we kind of think of it in a, as a foot kind of way as well and so we dance in time signatures that are not traditional you know right. like seven eight and stuff but it's really nice to be able to you know to, to do that and to show people that tradition and wherever we go in the world it's always always goes down the best we should just become clog dancers because people like it better <laughs> than our there is a bit songs. of singing that goes on as well you, <laughs> you wouldn't care to sing a song for us on the beach here today, Yeah, would could you? do, yeah. Do you think of something that's appropriate? Well, um, a song that from Northumberland, which I really love, is The Fair Flower of Northumberland. It kind of charts that kind of, um, the kind of wild border land as well between um, Scotland and England and 
um, the debatable lands it was called because it wasn't, it wasn't clear who it actually belonged to and actually it was just run by families. Now this is, um, yeah, I haven't sung it for, I haven't checked the words for a while, so this is my version. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the prophet's daughter was walking her lane. Oh, but her love, it was easy one. She heard a Scots prisoner macking his mane. And she was the flower of Northumberland. Oh, what gin a lassie would borrow me. Oh, but her love, it was easy one. I would make her a lady of high degree. If she'd loose me out of this prison so strong And it she has gone down to her father's bedstock Oh, but her love, it was easy one And she's taken out the keys there for many a brave lock And she's loosed him out of his prison so strong and it she has gone down to her father's stable. Oh, but her love it was easy won. And she's taken out a steed that was both fleet and able to carry them over to Bonnie Scotland. There's lots more verses. I could keep going if you like. <laughs> well, it sounds fantastic. Do you want to give us a couple more? Yeah, no, yeah, I'll keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, when they were crossing the Scottish moors, he said, Oh, but your love, it was easy one. Get down from my horse, you're a brazen-faced whore. Go get thee back to Northumberland For it's I have a wife in my own country Oh, but your love, it was easy one And I cannot do nothing with a lassie like thee So go get thee back to Northumberland Oh, it's cooking your kitchen I surely will be Oh, but my love It was easy one And I'll serve on your lady Most reverently For I dare not go back To Northumberland Oh, it's cooking my kitchen You cannot well be Oh, but your love it was easy one for my lady. She will not want servants like thee. So go get thee back to Northumberland. But loath was he, the lassie to tie. Oh, but her love, it was easy one. So he's hired an old horse. And he's fed an old man to carry her home to Northumberland. And when she got home, her father he frowned and said, 
Oh, but your love, it was easy one to be a Scots whore and you're 15 years old and you the fair flower of Northumberland. But when she got home, her mother she smiled and said, Oh, but your love, it was easy one, but you'll not be the first that the Scots have beguiled, and you're still the fair flower of Northumberland. Oh, you will not want bread, and you will not want wine. Oh, but your love, it was easy one, and you will not want silver to buy a man with. For you're still the fair flower of Northumberland. That's fantastic. Uh, we well, we needed you to get to the end because we need to know what happened, <laughs> didn't we? And she's 15. She's only 15. And she's nipped over the border with a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, wonder her mum and dad were upset. Yeah. <laughs> and he was out. married. He was just wanted to, to free him. Men, you know, he wasn't interested anymore. So is it the storytelling in the songs that really appeals to you? Um, massively, yeah. I think when, for me and Becky, my sister, obviously who I sing with, one of the big things that drew us in as children was listening to the stories and the songs. And I remember like going to Whitby Folk Festival and like going to a sing-around and sitting under the table with my sticker book and my brother being like, oh, when are we gonna go on the beach? And <laughs> me just being thinking, no, be quiet, we're allowed to in this adult world where they tell each other stories in a, in song and I, I've always thought that was really magical and and exciting and sometimes I didn't even you do, you know understand the content of the of the stories and because well, some of it's quite racy isn't it well and dark you know there's a lot of death and murder and all sorts but um I think those stories really drew me in and that's really what motivates me and Becky to sing is to tell stories and that and even in our arrangements as a band that that continues that it's kind of all geared up to just tell the story with more colors and and in different ways and um and that's what we really really enjoy doing when did you first perform in public together the two of you um i'm not sure exactly because we used to like sing at family parties together because becky's a lot younger than me and so so seven year seven, gap isn't yeah, it seven yeah. years half so she would only sing if i sang with her <laughs> and then that like I think that was extended to like we used to go to the Fort Work summer school but again we didn't go at the same time because I was much older so I would they used to have an over to you concert where the kids could perform but she would only perform if I came <laughs> so I would go because lots of my friends would be around anyway and like sing with her and and then I used to sing with some friends I lived in Glasgow and I used to be in a band with a girl called Kirsty. Potter. It's a fiddle player and a harp player called Rosie Morton and we used to get Becky up to, Becky's still at school, you know, but we, we'd get her up to do some harmonies and things like that, but really, and then I think, we were, because we were in a dance teams as well, we used to get tickets to folk festivals from dancing and then if your team weren't dancing, you'd be like, well, how are we going to go and see all our friends, you know, because obviously, the folky kids that we knew, you only saw them at the festivals. And as we became teenagers, you know, you want desperate to see your friends. So we were like, well, maybe if we 
just got a few songs together. Somebody might book us and then we won't have to pay. And that's a way of going. <laughs> so that was our grand plan, was to get to folk festivals for free. And there's something amazing about hearing those two voices together. Thank you. And, uh, well, to me, it's, it's partly to do with the fact that you're related to each other because the yeah. voices blend so perfectly and it must be to do with genetics as well as some, uh, something I else, think, don't you think? I think it's all... Well, I think probably because you must have similar... Well, you must have similar genetics, obviously, but um, I think it's also about time spent together. So there's, you know, we've spent so much time together that, like... If Becky looks at me a certain way, I know what she means. Or, like, somebody was saying, oh, it's lovely watching you and Becky sing in the pub. And actually, it was a song we don't know that well together. But So we were kind of making it up. But I'm saying, like, but if she looks at me like that, I know she means you take the verse and I'll do a harmony. You take the tune and I'll do, you know. Yeah. We just we spent so much time together that it's easier to kind of have that freedom to experiment and obviously also there's no embarrassment about if you get it wrong or if it's just, just it's your sister you know yeah they've seen you in much more embarrassing situations <laughs> than that <laughs> Did you always think it would be a career or did you just think it was something you did for fun? Well, I think it's just always been a part of our family. My parents, our parents love folk music. They're in a dance team, they went to folk festivals, they sang, we encouraged us to play instruments. And so it was, you know, at a family party, you have to come with a song, you know, at births and marriages and deaths, we, everybody, you know, there's always a song to be sung. Um, and I think for me personally, I, kind of wished I could have been a folk singer, you know, secretly without telling anybody, but kind of never thinking you were good enough, I suppose, because everybody sings and, you know, that we knew. And I think Becky was more like dragged along and she was, didn't have that aspiration, but then actually when we started doing it, she's like, this, I really like this. <laughs> this is fun, you know. And look at the view now, you see, as we now go around this we, corner. You can see the castle yeah. coming around the corner there. See Dunstanborough Castle, which was, um, is ruined, and it was, it's been ruined for a very long time. In the War of the Roses, apparently, it got, like, battered with the first use of um, cannon on land, I think. Really? So Jim McGeehan tells me. Well, so I'm, I'm sure that's true. For that information. Yeah. And I mean, it is quite a remarkable structure silhouetted against the sky, it is. isn't it? Because yeah. it's like three fingers sticking up there. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And then, yeah, as you go around this corner, that's when it kind of opens up into Embleton Bay and uh, kind of get a... This is a... Newton Bay is a little bit smaller and then the tide's quite high now, but when it's out, it's a beautiful... Golden Beach. There's nowhere better to be, is there really, with Not the sun really. shining down on the on the white waves 
here is just beautiful. And then you know you can go back to the ship and have a fantastic time. Yeah. <laughs> What's not to like? Yeah. It's definitely um, one of my favourite favourite walks. So when I first saw you, you were doing Rachel Unthank and the Winter Set. <laughs> yeah. Which was an all-female band, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. How did that come into being? Well, me and Becky were a duo, really. And then we met Adrian, who uh, ended up being in the Unthanks and managers, etc. And was and my husband, although we've, we're now separated, but and he's, we're still still part of the band and we still work together and everything. And he kind of recognised that we we wanted to do more, and that and he was like, oh, why don't you? have a band and he so he helped us kind of yeah he knew Belinda Hooley who who played with us first and yeah put that together and then Jackie Oates played with us originally and then eventually Nia Fakig well not that long actually after Nia Fakigan who's still with us played with us and we, whose idea was it to make it a piano based sound because folk bands tend to have guitars don't they but that piano based sound is very yeah. distinctive to, to what you I do I suppose it's like the tools that you have so me and Adrian and Becky very quite quickly connected musically and that that's always been a real strength between the three of us that we kind of understand what each other means and we we, we feel the same about the way we want to express music and and, the, and what we what we think is important and so that was a really tight bond and he plays the piano but he didn't think he was good enough to play the piano so he's like I know a really good piano player you should play with her <laughs> and then eventually we just like we're like could you just do it, actually? <laughs> well, he told us an amazing story <laughs> yeah. about the first time you ever played piano in Las Vegas. Yes, exactly. Extraordinary story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the pressure was, uh, you know, there to... With Ben Fold sitting in the wings. in the wings, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, only, like, an hour or two to rehearse backstage in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was crackers. It was five years before I actually took the stage when I was kind of bullied by the pair of them to, to, stop, to, stop, to stop communicating my ideas through other people and, and, and have some self-belief. Do you remember it, the actual occasion when you first well, went Well, in on practice, it was them? a very big moment because um, it happened accidentally and, and by force in that uh, we went to America to tour with Ben Folds and I was just there to sound engineer and tour manage. And our pianist didn't get in the country. She had a problem with a visa. And it was like, oh, well, we'll have to go home then. That's, that's it. But they wouldn't send us home like they were deporting her because we were there by right. So they wanted 1,500 quid a ticket for us. So we had to stay. So we rang his manager and said, if you give us a, a piano in our dressing room tomorrow morning, we will try and get set together. And I hadn't played piano since I was 20, really. It's... And I hadn't been on stage since that age. Um, and I had less than kind of 12 hours suddenly to play in front of 2,000 people in Las Vegas with Ben Folds, one of the best pianists in the world, <laughs> laughing at me in the no wings. No pressure then. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we, we, we managed to, to sort of pull it off. And, yeah. I wonder how place influences the music that you make because, you know, we've had a little walk this morning along the, the coast here in, in Northumberland and it is a very distinctive coast, it's a very dramatic coast, it's a very beautiful place, it can be very bleak. I wonder yeah. if all of that comes out in the kind of arrangements that you make of, of music that's rooted so strongly here in the North East. Yeah, certainly, yeah. It's perhaps more common, uh, particularly in folk music, for place and, and sound to be kind of linked by genre or ornamentation or 
perhaps a certain instrument. So we think of the Northumberland pipes with Catherine Tickell and, and Northumberland and perhaps the Elland pipes with Ireland and, and, and whatnot. But we've never really approached folk music as a genre or, or a style. We, we do use some stylings and ornamentation, particularly with Rachel and Becky's singing. And I've always felt that their vernacular is so strong and identifiable and, and has such a grounding in place that musically I can go anywhere I like with the backdrops to their songs and it still have that sense of place and authority through what they have. And so where I like to go is to try and paint Northumberland in terms of its in terms of its atmosphere. Uh, it's a you know it's this vast uh, kind of eerie open space with huge skies and and so I try and kind of paint these big austere glacial orchestral arrangements against their singing. Uh, Northumberland has this sort of ancient permanence which um, is kind of almost beautiful yet a bit kind of stark and, and bleak. It's peaceful now but it has this bloody past which gives it a sense of forebodingness and and that's what we're trying to create with, with songs like Felton Onin and Ganter the Kai. Is that they're kind of kitchen sink dramas in, or, or almost like nursery rhyme-like in terms of their simplicity as songs and but there's always something not quite... It's, it's almost nursery rhyme-like in the, in the words, but there's something implied that's not quite right. Here's the tender coming, pressing all the man. Oh dear, Hini, what a way to them. Here's the tender coming, off a child's bar Here's the tender come in For the man of war Hide the canny hini Hide the sail away Hide thee till the frigate Makes for true rich bay If they take thee, Geordie Who's to win our bread? Me and little Jackie Better off be dead. Here's the tender coming, pressing all the men. Oh dear, Hinny, what are we do then? Here's the tender coming off the child's bar. Here's the tender coming, full of men and more. Becky sings the next bit. <laughs> That's lovely. That, no. That's lovely, yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask you one, one family question? Because yeah. you did mention earlier on that you and Adrian had separated. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be difficult working together in the band? Well, I think, um, you know. Our love of music, as me, Becky and Adrian, that was something that's always been very strong and, and that doesn't change, you know, like we have, still have a passion to, to sing songs and make music together and, um, and I think it's, yeah, we feel really strongly about still doing that. So when you're on tour with a band, is it like a family? Is that the oh, way yeah. it works for you? Oh, definitely. Well, we are a family. And do you take, well, you are related to <laughs> yeah. each other, obviously. Most of us are related to and each other. And do you take the kids with you? Well, it's kind of a changing thing, really. I mean, 
we used to obviously before kids we just used to tour and I think for a lot of bands even if you're not related you end up be becoming like a family because you live you spend so much time with those people and you're in their pockets and you know if you sleep on a tour bus you're like sleep they're sleeping above you yeah. you know with a curtain <laughs> <laughs> like uh, there's no privacy you know what, is there you know what their pajamas look like you know <laughs> um <laughs> you know the habits um so you know each other very well and you rely on each other emotionally because you're away from home and you're away from your loved ones and so but obviously we are a family me and becky are a family me and adrian were married and and so and his chris price who plays guitar and bass was is his best friend from home and Nefer is like a family, adopted, unthanked family, and yeah, he just ended up I mean, being like that. So we did take the kids. Yes, you did take them. Thing. When George, when I had George, my eldest, we just he was a touring baby, and he came everywhere with us, and yeah, it's great. It got a little bit harder when I had two. And then yes. I was thinking, mm, we maybe have to rethink this. <laughs> and then. And, and what then about Becky? School. She's had a baby now, hasn't she? So Becky and Nefer have both had baby boys 10 days apart, which is very convenient of them. Um, so, so. And you're all three about to go on tour together. Yes. Because you're doing a kind of stripped back tour going back to the beginning. We are. Where it's just the three. Yeah women's voices yeah and what a shruti box or something like that probably not no just, just the three voices. voices yeah why did you want to do that because well, you're known for having orchestras and brass yeah. bands and trumpet <laughs> players and cellists and goodness knows what you know yeah well it's something we've always done it's always been an element of most of our albums if that me becky and Nifa would sing together or, or there's lots of songs that we'd sing live that never appeared on an album so we have a repertoire already and that's where it started for me and Becky just us two and our voices and so I think like we've always meant to do an unaccompanied album and I think just now feels like the right time to do it for us I, we're really looking forward to it all three of us in a way it's quite freeing as well you know musicians expect you to keep in time and things like that <laughs> yeah, well, you've got a conductor right and, a, yeah. and, a, and a, a full orchestra it must be a responsibility <laughs> apart yeah. from anything else yes it is yeah definitely yeah. and i want to talk to you also about the role of place and, and northumberland in what you choose to sing because mm -hmm. you sometimes sing almost in dialects don't you yes you know yeah, with yeah. some of the songs which is in a, preserving some of the ways in which people have spoken around here for hundreds of years. Yeah, I suppose we didn't directly think about doing that, you know, about preserving. It's just that they were the songs that were nearest to hand, you know, they're the ones we are familiar with and we've heard other people sing. We're very lucky in the North East that there's a, a really strong um, singing community with loads of fantastic singers. So um, Somebody said to me in the pub yesterday that this was the part of the only part of England where the folk revival didn't need to happen in the 50s <laughs> and 60s because it never went away. I don't know if that I don't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but I was definitely very lucky that when I came along, it, it was very thriving. People like Johnny Handel and you know and Jim and there's loads of people, Louis Killer and and lots of great female singers as well, um, Annie Fentiman and just like people that sang in the pubs and so there was lots of songs that we wanted to sing that we'd heard it's been sung all our lives and they were the kind of ones that we went to automatically i think you know. so gan to the kai gan to the kai what so does that mean go to the cows right <laughs> um yeah gan to the kai with me we love and interestingly enough when we went to norway was it norway or was it sweden actually i think it was sweden and the um a journalist was Maybe it was Norway. It was um, um, they 
rang up and said, oh, we can understand you. Kai is cow in... In, in Norwegian? Yeah, yeah. and um, Ben, it's like, it's very similar for child. And actually, when you go into the airport, it says, welcoming Yem. And we're like, yeah, we see Yem, Geordie see Yem for home. Uh -huh. So it says, welcoming Yem. And we're like, oh, it's so nice of them to put up for Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> and when you sing here, uh -huh. Does it feel different than when you sing anywhere else in the world? Well, I suppose I know that people will know what I'm talking about when I say yem. <laughs> Whereas if I go to London, that's obviously not necessarily a given and anybody knows what we're talking about. Oh, I think anyone, like, singing at home, you know, your family are there, your friends are there, people... It's your hometown and people kind of support you because, you know, they, there's a warmth because you are representing them in a way and... So it's always lovely to play at home. Now you sang two songs at the end of the sing-around in the pub yesterday. Yeah. Tell me about those songs. Oh, they're two great pub songs. Right. <laughs> Especially Union Miners is a great song to sing in the pub. In conclusion, barren memory, keep the password in your mind that God provides for every worker when in unions they combine so stand like men and stand together victory for you will prevail so keep your hand upon your wages and your Union Miners is a song that, when I think about the, the singing sessions in pubs that we kind of built hours around, that one would always be sung. And we got it from the Elliots, a family from Bertley who ran folk club for many years and are enormously generous and lovely people who sing and encourage others to sing as well. And their father, Jack Elliot, was a miner and he worked in the pit. And the story goes that I've heard via Jim McGeehan is that there was an explosion and a miner that was working with their father called Yankee Jim held shafts so that he could escape and get out and he also got out himself and that he sang this song and actually it's a Welsh tune that has gone to America and become a union song and then Jack learnt it off him to kind of, you know, in homage to the fact that he'd saved his life and sang it and taught his family it and actually it's a really important song to their family and they really like they sing it with great passion still and it's a bit of an anthem you know it's a really got a really uplifting tune as well as having a strong message and it's a great song to sing And the other song is a song our dad, George Unthank wrote. And 
there is a great way of celebrating New Year in Northumberland, which is kind of southwest Northumberland. We're in northeast at the moment, in the Pennines, in a little place called Allendale. And on New Year's Eve, the men of the village get dressed up in costumes, some like old mummers play, but some like the Teletubbies or pirates or... <laughs> I saw Postman Pat this year, and um, they, um, they use a third of a barrel, and it's filled full of highly flammable things. They set it on fire, and they parade with a silver band, and then just before midnight, they come back and throw them onto a bonfire um, in the middle of the square and sing Old Lang Syne, and it's just really magical. And we used to go there a lot when we were um, kids and teenagers and, and young adults, and one year it snowed at the same time, so there was all this fire and snow and my dad was inspired to write um, a New Year's Eve song. It's become a bit of a singing weekend anthem. Old year out, the new year in. Please won't you let the lucky bird in with bottle in hand and a piece of black coke. A stranger's a friend <coughs> when first put in your goal. It's about, also about, you know, wishing a happy new year and, and they're always in the winter or singing weekends and then also like saying, well, we're not sure when we'll see you again, but you know, wishing everybody good health and uh, yeah. So they're kind of singing weekend favourites that we finished with. Midnight approach, the band you can hear, the fiery procession of guises draws near, with friends and good company, with voices so clear, singing in harmony, ringing in the new The blazing barrels are hurled onto the bonfire. Smoke, sparks, and flames swirl amidst cheers and rejoicing. The rites of old father time will link hands together. Sing song with old friends and new friends sing along may good fortune be with you from all sorrows refrain till that happy time when we all meet again time
That's wonderful. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for oh, no, giving us your pleasure. time and, and for showing us this amazing place and this beautiful beach. Thank oh, you. My pleasure, thank, thank you. you. The Unthanks on the Northumberland coast. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow us to make sure you get all our episodes just as soon as they're launched. And please rate and review us so others can find us. If you'd like to make a small monthly donation to help us produce more wonderful episodes, you can become a patron by going to folkonfoot.com and clicking on Support Us. There are five other episodes in season three of Folk on Foot, featuring the Lost Words Spell Songs with Jackie Morris and Beth Porter in Pembrokeshire, Martin Simpson in Scunthorpe, John Smith in Brixham, Lisa Knapp in Tooting, and Duncan Chisholm at Sandwood Bay. And the 12 episodes of seasons one and two, featuring more amazing artists, are still there if you haven't heard them yet. To keep up with the latest information, you can sign up for our newsletter at folkonfoot.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram with the handle at Folk on Foot. We hope you enjoy listening to Folk on Foot as much as we love making it. <laughs>